I believe in building unity and bridges between indigenous peoples and activists around the world, that we can teach each other effective methods and ways of resistance to colonial systems of oppressions, to capitalism, to resource colonization. And when I heard of the journey for existence, I was totally inspired and wanted to share it with other people and help it to reach as far as it could, not only to help its initial purpose for its community, for Dineta, but to um, inspire other indigenous communities and other activists out there that are fighting against similar situations. I joined up with the Journey for Existence in Gallup, New Mexico at the Foundation of Freedom to hear more about what motivated this group of young Diné people to begin this journey. At the event, there was info, music, and dialogue about the project, and the community came together to collect resource for the next leg of the walk, a 246-mile trek from the San Francisco peaks to Mount Taylor, which started on March 21st, the equinox, and is currently taking place right now. It was a beautiful, a beautiful moment in Gallup, New Mexico. I'm sending love and prayers to everybody who's out there walking right now as I'm speaking. And I hope that this can help the story to reach further and inspire others to create their own journeys for existence and know that it is a spark and it will continue and voices will be heard and ancestors will listen and it's all possible it's um it is not for not <laughs> it is for something and so here is the collection of interviews from journey for existence So what this initiative is, um, it's it's our journey for existence. Um, it's a we're a collective of young Diné people from all across Dinebekeya who have come together um, with the realization that we must take action because our way of life, our homeland, and our people uh, are under attack right now. And if we don't do something, we, we don't have a future. Um, in the face of climate change, in the face of resource ex exploitation and extraction, um, in the face of pollution, <laughs> um, we're, we're literally looking into our future and realizing that um, our, our homeland's becoming a toxic wasteland. And so we, we felt that we needed to take some sort of action. And after meeting about this and talking about this with our elders, with our community members, um, we decided that we needed to walk. Um, uh, we needed to begin this journey of going to all four of our sacred mountains and calling out to the mountains um, in prayer uh, because we need that help right now. And, and along our journey, along our path, we're, we're meeting with our communities, we're meeting with our people to do outreach and education about what's happening, but also just to listen um, and to, to let them know that we're there and that we care and we want to be here. We still want to be here in our, in our homeland, in our four sacred mountains. 
Um, we're also documenting the resource extraction, the resource colonization that's happening on our land firsthand. In the past walk, which we did this this January, we walked from one of, one of our sacred mountains, Zithnaudithi, to our southern mountain, Tzodzith, and we walked through the heart of the fracking boom that's happening in the eastern agency of the Navajo Nation. So we were able to document that, um, meet with communities about what you know what they're facing and, and starting to get into the coal and uranium that's around the mountain too. And um, so that's that's our journey. It's a year-long journey. Um, each season we're, we're going to a new mountain. And how has the reception been from the different communities that you've come into? Overall, it's been it's been very um, very positive, and and our communities are are very supportive of what we're doing. I think it, especially for our elders, it, it makes them feel really good to see young people take pride in who they are, um, and who we are as Diné people, and also um, who take pride in, in what we're doing because we're, we're willing to stand up and speak up about about what's happening and, and you know, even the little kids, you know, to to get them thinking about what's going on because they're the ones who's, who are really going to inherit um, what's happening right now. Do you have children walking with you on this walk? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, if you saw the flyer for this event, we have we have kids that come out and walk with us, um, families, elders. Um, yeah, so it's definitely more than just the young people. <laughs> Do you consider um, this an act of revolution? Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that word revolution, and, and, and it's about cycles and revolving. And, and you know, these are these are the cycles that we are going through in our lives. And this this is this is action that we must take if we not only as Diné people, but as human beings are gonna survive. We have to learn how to reconnect back with our land. We have to learn how to respect and honor our mother earth. And so in some ways in this current society in this current culture that, you know, mainstream America, capitalists, whatever, that is a very revolutionary concept. But in another way, in thinking about that cycle, it's, it's the oldest concept there is. Um, is there anything that you would like to say out into the world, um, people listening to this from all over the world? Yeah, remember who you are and, and who you come from, the people you come from, and, and remember the earth because she's our mother. You know, this land, it doesn't belong to us. We belong to the land. And if, if the earth isn't in good shape, we're not in good shape. Um, and the solutions to all of the fa- problems we're facing from, you know, economic collapse to social unrest, all, all of the stuff that's going on is, is really very simple. And it's, it's how to learn how to be human again, how to learn how to live on this earth in a way, again, in a way that doesn't exploit her, in a way that doesn't destroy her. Um, Um, how I became involved with this project, I guess it sort of just came up um, out of just being concerned for the cert the the political landscape that our tribal politics is in this like turmoil and like chaos and the division that it's been creating among our people um and so you know just a group of young people coming together uh voicing our concerns um around all of the issues that our tribal government is being complacent in and perpetuating this these cycles of abuse of our people that's the extent of my involvement. <laughs> and have you been on the whole walk? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been on the whole walk um, since the first day to the last day. How did it make you feel being in that, in that space after coming out of such a, a consumer society where everything is so fast-paced to just be walking? Um, 
So at first it was it was very very difficult as far as like um, it was really physically demanding. Um, you know, a lot of us were not used to walking around and putting our own energy into moving ourselves around. Uh, a lot of us depend on cars and stuff. So to be to be in a space where you know you have to walk at least 10, 15 miles a day, um, it really makes you think about the way we travel um, and then also our consumption because if you're walking you're just you know you're out there on the land you're you're smelling what's going on you're you're hearing the traffic you're you're just out there with the elements and you know you really you really feel what your surrounding is um, experiencing as well and I think I think um, that was really hard as far as walking through the fracking the fracking fields and the oil the oil the Eastern Agency. Was that your first time ever directly seeing the impact of the fracking? Um, so I had heard a lot about the fracking boom that was happening in the Eastern Agency of our of our um, traditional territories, and I had never I had never um, you know physically gone out there to see it until you know we we started planning this walk and started planning our routes and stuff. Um, you know then then I saw firsthand what what was happening and it was it was so heartbreaking it was extremely heartbreaking to see the flares and these massive drills set up and just the constant traffic and the the industry workers the presence of them so what do you hope comes out of this project um i hope i hope that people realize that the way things are happening right now, um, it's not—it's not the only option. You know, we're—we have so many choices. We have the power to change things, um, and I really hope that with this walk, more and more people will begin to realize that, you know, we have power in who we are as Diné people. Our our mountains, you know, we're we're going to seek their their wisdom and we're wanting the guidance of our elders right now and so I really hope that people you know begin to have faith in in the songs and the prayers that were spoken for us by our ancestors many generations ago and that we that we honor them do you consider yourself a revolutionary um I consider myself as a concerned in a woman I don't I don't think there's anything revolutionary about what we're doing because it's been done before many many times and I think that it's really important for people to understand our consumption and this predatory economic system that's capitalism and how destructive that is not only to the land but to people um, we we really need to start thinking about where we're gonna be next year you know next month um as far as climate change you know that's a real that's a real issue and indigenous people are always going to be on the front lines you know or it's our homelands our health our people you know we're being sacrificed all for for this capitalism and this economic system and it's also it's also really interesting because like the link the the knowledge that we have as indigenous people is actually what's going to save us from this catastrophe that's climate change and i really want to encourage you know our indigenous people out there who are listening you know learn learn your language learn your culture learn who you are as an indigenous person because that is what's going to save you and your family and the knowledge that you know we have collectively you know we can plant our own food we 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 know how to survive and it's time that we have faith in that and pass that knowledge on and unite.
My name is Nicholas Ashley, and um, I became a part of this because, well, I, I've known some of these people for a while, and um, like through through college or just by association, going to going to like shows or you know things like that. And then we all came together about what October, yeah, like around October when the Navajo Nation fairs were going around, and we started we started going inside the parades and we started uh, um, talking to, to the people about resource colonization and trying to spread the word about that and then we did all the fairs we did Winter Rock, Ship Rock, Tuba City and I think that's it right? Just those three? Yeah. Yeah <clears throat> we did all those and then so we, we came up with this idea after after it was all done that you know we should commemorate 150 years of our of our existence of our resiliency from the long walk you know and our and our how we how we still strive for existence even though Places like Gallup and in uh, border towns, you know, they exploit Navajo people and Diné people. Our land, our culture, our our jewelry. You see all these um, trading trading posts that just you know destroy kind of like our our way of life and kind of glamorize us, you know, exploitation. So we came up with this walk to walk in the winter and on January sixth. So we walked from a place called Dithnaoditli to Tzoltzith, which is um, two of our sacred mountains. And uh, we walked through 225 miles. And we went, th- went throughout communities and started talking about resource colonization and trying to inform and give these people this knowledge and, and tools to understand what, what's going on in our Diné Nation and really try to fight back against our Navajo Nation government, which is sort of, it's corrupt. And um, even our even our own United States government is corrupt. You know, they're uh, all powered by corporations and <clears throat> all this all this you know all this consumerism that the American way of life is is uh, based upon. You know, capitalism. So we're trying to in, uh, inform the people about that. And also in our cultural uh, aspect, we we uh, have this community kinship called eh, where that's like an all around. Uh, all around um, kinship between Diné people, like through our clanship or through a association, like um, um, having like a, an aunt or, or whatever, and um, to restore that community that's been broken up by these uh, um, industries that that's been coming in, and um, so that's what we do. You know, we're, we're still existing. We're we're trying to tell people we're still here. We still cult, uh, we still uh, practice our cultural belief because. You know, all around the four, six, the six sacred mountains. You know, that's this is where Diné people live. This is where we emerge, where we emerge and became who we are. And it's being threatened right now by the government and corporations. So, and this next leg of a walk, we're going to be walking from Tzoltzith, which is uh, Mount Taylor, to yeah, to um, to Dithnaoditli uh, in San Francisco Peaks. And we're going all the way around from Dithnaoditli to Debensa, which is, uh, um, I think it's, what is it called? I, I forget the mountain. But it's um, just north of Durango. And we're going to all of our sacred mountains to, to offer prayer and um, guidance by our, by our you know, deities that's up there. And because we really, we really, you know, want to bring back our culture that's slowly dying off because of, because of uh, this American way of life that's been, that's been here for, since the beginning, you know, of colonization of, of the Diné people and since the long walk. And to, to give that message to everyone, to, to remind them that we're still here, that we still practice our cultural beliefs and our language and stuff like that. So, so yeah. If you could say one thing to the people of the world, people listen to this podcast from all over the world, what would you want to say? What would be your piece? I just want to say to end capitalism, end this destruction of our, our sacred lands <clears throat> all over Turtle Island, you know, throughout the, all the indigenous peoples, you know, to, to remind them that we're still here. We're still fighting for our land. We're still, we still want our resiliency. We still, we're trying to back away from this American consumerism way of life. So to remind the world that us as indigenous people are still here, that we're still striving to become, to stay who we are, to avoid all this stuff.
my name is Orlando Begay. I'm Dene, and the way I got involved in this in this uh, movement is just being there. I've been there from the beginning. I've helped support in any way I could, in like a male role, being a protector, and also allowing space to be provided for the the ladies to to do their thing. Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel the impact has been? Um, what has been the focus of the project, I guess, and how do you feel it's been impactful? <clears throat> the focus of it is reaching out to community members and showing them that there's actually people out there who care about them and care about what's going on on the land, and in doing so, creating a relationship with them and. Building a relationship also helps to to empower people and in, increase numbers. So then, like, it's not just one person who's standing and and trying to shout out their their slogan. Or <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. Yeah. What is the age demographic of the organizers? Um, we're all in our twenties. Yeah. How's the reception from the elders? Um, the elders are, they're very supportive and they're, they're glad that there's young people standing up and, and doing this work. So you said you were there from the beginning. Can you tell me a story, like, of how this got started? So, two ladies that you spoke to earlier, Nadine and Dana, they were on a trip to New York and this conversation came up as to what we're going to do because... Before then, we were doing all these, um, we had a float in, in several parades on the reservation and we were spreading awareness about resource colonization. And so they, they said, what, what, are we, what are we gonna do next? What's the plan? And so Nadine initially brought up the idea of going on a walk through our communities to spread awareness. And, and so when they, cut, when they came back from their trip, they, shared that that idea and I fully supported it from the beginning and I've been there since and where do you think the um, the lasting ripples will lay what do you what do you hope this will bring about in the future I hope that it it wakes up people and for the people who are who also feel the same way not to feel alone and afraid because there's so much more people out there who feel the same like who feel like we have to do something about it and that's that's what i hope for it do you think that there's more people that feel the same way than don't do you i mean are you feeling like people are understanding yes i i feel like there are people out there who who are just waiting for that opportunity to arise just to you know to to act if you could say one thing to the um, the universe to the world to people outside of your own community what would it be anything like this is your soapbox it's time to wake up we're all in this together this is our only this is the only planet we have that can sustain life and if we don't do anything about it we're all gonna we're all gonna lose out do you consider yourself a revolutionary? No, I'm just being me. Hello, I'm Lincia. I'm from Flagstaff, originally from Sand Springs and Howell Mesa. I got involved with Nihigal Beina through, um, through, I guess, just knowing a lot of the people who've been involved, specifically Nadine. That's how I got involved. Plus, we have a lot of uh, affinity regarding like oppression and structural oppression and indigenous feminism. Like Nadine is a co-editor of the Yadala Girls. So the Yadala Girls is a zine that's, that's created to like empower indigenous women. 
And can you tell me what this project is to you from your perspective? What it, What is it doing? Okay, sure, I can do that. Okay, so Nihigal Baina to me is about spiritual healing. It's also about remembering our people, remembering our communities, and also uh, communicating with those communities, getting involved with them, and not just, you know, telling them what we think, but, you know, really listening to them and as we interact with him, I feel like it's um, a reciprocal relation, you know. You, you get as much as you put in. So, in that way, I think it's, it's great that we're talking to our community. We're building that relationship back up, that, that way of eh, that's, um, that's often lost because of assimilation, because of historical trauma, because of, you know, just, the society we live in, it's hard. What do you hope is the outcome of this project? I hope that we bring more awareness to the environmental violence and what's going on within um, areas that we live in and how it's affecting our health and not just our health, but like the way we live and the way we see ourselves in the bigger picture of America, I guess, because a lot of people, I mean, I think we get dismissed because we're not considered American. Technically, we're more indigenous, we're more, we're more grounded in that way, and that's, that's how we identify ourselves. And once we lose that, we lose our power. We may end up doing harmful, destructive things to ourselves, to each other. I've been hearing that this is like a mainly female-led um, walk. Is, am I misinterpreting it or it feels like it's very strongly activated by the female force and can you tell me if that's true and if not can you set me right? <laughs> I think I think it's true and it's not true. I think it's true because a lot of it's female led because it was the women who came up with the idea. It was the women who who wanted healing. It was the women who weren't afraid to reach out to their community and, and work together, you know. We're, we're coming ver from various communities and a lot of times there's fragmentation and a lot of ego and people don't want to work with each other, but we're trying to put that aside. We're trying to come together, trying to work together and, you know, it's not always easy, but we work through it and we come out better for it. We come out stronger and I think we're a lot more happy and, you know, we have our men and they support what we're doing, they're our strength, and they listen to us, <laughs> and they know the importance of like how how it is for you know traditional Diné people. We're supposed to listen to our women. We're supposed to respect our mothers, our daughters, our sisters, our grandmothers, because that's healing. That's that's love. You know, we wouldn't be here without our mothers. There would be no human population continuing <laughs> everything we have we owe to you know women and and mother earth how did it make you feel to disconnect from society in the way we see it today and just walk i think it was a really amazing thing just because there's so much healing involved in just being observant not not plugging into like, oh, I need to go to my work. <laughs> I have to put in gas. Like worrying about all these conventional things, but really taking the time and walking on the earth, walking on the land, and watching the horizon, watching you know the environmental destruction, and watching people and listening to them. Really just paying attention to your surroundings and what everyone's doing. I think we begin to realize, you know, we don't have to. We don't have to integrate into society. We, yeah. can, we can figure something else out. And <laughs> as you're walking, you're like, we are doing that. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And I, I mean, I feel like to really understand that you have to walk. You have to walk to really feel that. Do you think that that's something that's really missing from our lives today? Is that connection with ourselves and with the earth? I think to some extent, I think when we're cut off from our land, we experience it in different ways. I know for me, I lost my land twice, and that was because of resource extraction. So, so growing up in Flagstaff, you know, you know, Flagstaff is an indigenous area, but it's it's now a border town, and 
growing up there, it, it's like you're displaced, but you're also home. And it's a weird, constant feeling of, of never, never being home because you're, you're in society and you're participating, and it's just, it's just a, a weird thing. What do you hope comes out of this project? What do you hope is kind of the future effects of what's happening right now? I hope that we find out more about our people and that, you know, not just about them, but they find out about us. And, you know, we have a mutual relationship where there's hope, there's, there's a better way for tomorrow. And, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to sell out. We don't have to like give up our resources just to, to see a future, you know? And that's why we're doing this walk, just to give hope to our people. Do you feel like people are astonished by the fact that it's a group of like 20-somethings that have organized such a massive movement against fracking? I think, yeah, a lot of people are pretty astonished and taken aback and I think for them it's like, wow, didn't I use care? <laughs> and it's interesting because so far as being young, we're I think we're experiencing a lot of like leadership, like how does that look, and having other people tell us how that how that should look. And at the end of the day, I think we're just like we did our best, and I think we did a good job, <laughs> and that's all you can do. I mean, yeah, constructive criticism, but I mean, I don't think anything we're doing is particularly revolutionary. By I don't know. According to me, like this is what this is who we are. It's within us. It's always been waiting for us. It's always been there. It's nothing new. If you could say one thing to other people outside of your communities, this is your moment to share anything. What would it be? Do you have something you'd like to say? I would say that it's critical to neither underestimate or overestimate youth and to always to always have their back and realize what kind of history they're coming from and be sensitive to that and you know so long as we empower our youth we have a future and the more we begin to empower our youth other youth see that and they feel empowered because in today's educational system and like globalized capitalism, a lot of children, young children growing up, don't see themselves enough. They see like a, a whitewashed history that's highly like colonial <laughs> in its nature. So yeah, just observe the youth and encourage them, uphold them and elevate them in any way you can. So my name is Mikhail Lewis, I'm a member of the Dine Nation and I come from the community of Tobehaskan and the English name for that community is known as Pinedale. So I'm from the Pinedale community and that's located located east of Gallup on the reservation. So um, I'm just uh, here to in honor of in honor and support of my my sisters, I'm calling them my sisters right now, Kim and the woman walkers and my brothers too, uh, the, the, the the male walkers who who joined and who joined in on this walk. So and how I heard about the walk was um, through social media, you know, and through word by ear and all that. So once I heard about it, you know, it just like, you know, I just, I really, uh, I was moved by it, you know, just by what I heard and um, I really, I really, uh, I was like, I was inspired, you know, inspired, and I wanted to walk with them because uh, I've been in and out going to school up in Washington, and I've done a lot of community work up there with uh, some of the local tribes where I was attending a Northwest Indian College, and um, there I was just, uh, 
I say active, you know, and I say that in the most humble, humble way. I say I was just active and giving back up there where I was uh, living for a while and um, never having the time to actually do some in my community and always, you know, being here for the little amount of time during the breaks and going back to school. You know, I heard about it when I came back here during um, um, summer break and I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do this. So I'm just committed to this walk. And I met up with Kim and those who were committed to walk and all that, those who had the, who, who, those who visioned this walk, like Nadine and, and uh, just the other walkers. And I met them, we had prayers done, and I was just uh, like with them since like day one, I guess, since we had the prayers and we walked. And um, really I'm doing this for, you know, for, for the little ones. For the little ones, that's one of the main reasons I'm doing this is for our children and my niece and their, their children and all that. So just for the future generations and just for um, our earth and what what our people pray to, known as like, you know, the beings that give us life. You know, Father, Father Sky and you know, the air beings and you know these things have names like the water beings too you know they give us life so I'm doing this for them too in honor of them you know for the protection of them and spreading awareness about you know getting back to the earth getting back to these water water beings and the air beings and praying to them you know because I feel like we've been so disconnected um, nowadays you know just with media and just work and just uh, like living in a fast fast paced world and this walk is just like slowing everything down from what I've experienced so far, just being on the walk, the first leg of the journey. You know, I've learned a lot, you know, just from the walkers and from the communities that we've been, that we've walked through, you know, from stories of, you know, our stories at the Nepahanet, our, our creation stories to stories of, you know, like um, the sad stories, such as like how the Navajo Nation government's forgetting about, you know, some of the communities out there, you know, that are suffering from the fac fracking industries and the oil industries that that's happening here on Deneby Chaos so um, it's really heartbreaking but at the same time it's there's like this sense of hope too you know that our people when we come to these communities and we tell them that we still care that we want to hear their stories you know there's like a sense of hope that's coming back to these communities you know it's like we're, we're starting to relight the kindle or relight the fires of the ancestral fires you know about who, who we are as Deneb people and that's just you know Valuing each other and remembering eh, the relationship, remembering a yo'onet love, just things like that, you know, that that's not being taught today. Um, and just being able to sit down with each other and hear each other out and all that. So just a lot of things, you know, that, that I've learned on the first leg of the journey so far. And, um, and I'm committed to do this walk again from Tzotzil down to Dok Osli. And I'm looking forward to... Uh, Getting to, need to, getting to know about, not only more about myself, but getting to know more about, you know, the, the land that we're walking on and the communities that we're going to be walking through and just from my people mainly too, you know, to these communities, hearing their stories and, you know, what, hearing their stories of, you know, hope, love and relationships and hardships and um, successes and whatnot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and just um, spreading the awareness and, Growing up, I always, uh, I never looked at myself as, as a leader, you know? I've always felt like I looked, looked at my community through the eyes that demand of me to be a servant, you know, a community servant, a community protector. And um, so I'm trying to do the best that I can to live up to that and just to live up to the prayers that have been said by my ancestors and those who came before me those prayers that were said before me, you know, long, long time ago. And I'm trying to live up to that and be the best that I can and live it out and hopefully honor their, their prayers and honor their sacrifices and their, their hard work and their blood, sweat and tears and all that just to, just to continue our, our existence as Diné people. Doing that, honoring them and also honoring those little ones who are, who are, who are coming before us too behind us so I'm I guess I don't want to say revolutionary more like a community protector and servant that's that's the way I've always looked at my community and 
um, just trying to live up to that. And like I said, you know, I'm doing this for just for a lot of things, you know, the environmental death, the desecration that's going on and the, the environmental destruction. For, I'm doing this for the youth. I'm doing this for our, our, our Diné woman, you know, to inspire our, our women and our children and our men too, you know, to wake up that spirit, that warrior spirit and just to wake them up and yeah, just just be just to be heard, I guess, with my sisters and brothers that are doing the walk too. And I really thank, you know, the the ladies, you know, who really started this movement, who had the vision for it, who had the dream for it, and the courage to, uh, you know, to do it too, and for 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 bringing it for for bringing it about. So I'm I'm really thankful that they did, and I'm 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 with them, you know, I'm standing with that woman, not above them, but with them, you know. So. That's, that's. If you could say one thing to the universe, to people out there who don't come from where you come from, some advice or something from your heart to theirs, what would you have to say? Oh man, <laughs> what I would say, I guess, is just to remember, remember the earth, you know, remember, Remember the earth, remember the things that give us life, the sun, the air, the waters, the land, the plant beings, the animals, things that give us life, things that sustain us and to, to, uh, to take care of it and to, uh, um, I guess, help each other, um, love one another and to just support each other and, 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 and unite, I guess, you know? For not only for us right now, but for for those who are yet to come, you know, it's really just comes down. I guess that's one of the main messages that I would say right now. And just to uh, start building your fires is what I was told by an elder two years ago during the actually made three years ago during the 2012. Uh, I guess the prophecies and all that. And he came out was when he came out to. Uh, an event that we invited him out to, and he said, he, he told the people, you know, to start building your fires because his people had a vision through a ceremony, and it was during the time of this the shift 2012, and they were told, you know, start building your fires, learn how to build a fire and pray to it, a physical fire and our fire, the fires within, you know, just that the fire of love, the fire of courage, the fire of faith, and just the fire of prayer, you know, and don't let it stop and just keep at it and spread those fires, you know? Um, my name is Kim Smith. I am a Dine woman from St. Michael's, Arizona. I am Bitterwater Clan. And I have been back home on the res for seven years now. And, you know, once you go off to university and you, you always have this plan, you always have this mindset to come home to your community and, and do something, create something. And for a long time, I did, I have been dedicating myself to that in my work like even with this walk I've been trying to use art as a tool to kind of like kind of like a DIY media um, like doing DIY media and using art to be that outlet like the first walk that we did we released a poster that had a woman from the 1800s wearing a gas mask a gas mask and it really hit home for a lot of people and it really showed the reality of what where we are now and it, it, if we're able to produce art throughout the way that does that, then we're doing a good job.
because people aren't necessarily going to sit there and listen to everything you have to say. But if you have a visual of what is happening, they'll get it a lot faster. And it was always also a very lonely road to go down because there wasn't necessarily a lot of people who were, you know, doing those types of things. You know, people were always aspiring to get a job working for the council or getting a good job that pays a lot of money. And it wasn't really necessarily about community. And within the last couple of years, I have been blessed with people who have the same ideals, who have the same mission, who aren't, you know, caught up with this idea of the American dream. It's more of like reclaiming our spaces, you know, um, reclaiming our education systems, um, reintroducing ourselves to the Navajo way of life. And so as time has gone on, we um, have become more close-knit. And last year in January, we decided to have um, a young organizers meeting. And we knew that, you know, that there was enough of us. We knew that there was a lot of young people who were like-minded, who wanted to see great change in our communities. And we started hosting meetings. And they became more and more consistent to where we were meeting once a month. And it was a very beautiful, a very beautiful um, space because we were going back into ceremony together. And we knew that we wanted to create this change in our community. And we knew that we were all unique in what our gifts were and how, our, how we organized. You know, we had somebody who was focused on education. We had people who were focused on water, people who were focused on coal, oil, uranium, um, food. You know, there was just all of these different, a, a wide range of young people. And um, so we would meet, we would meet in, in the Hogan and we would talk about what, what is it that we want to see? How are we going to do it? How are we going to manifest this change? And we started organizing. We started using art as a tool. We did a banner drop. Um, we got into the fairs at the, in the parade, you know, like we did when you came out to the fair, you saw how it was a big deal. And, um, we entered every single fair that there was, and we really just changed people's ideals of what it was. So we gave out seeds instead of throwing out candy and all these sweets, we, we put little seeds together, seed packets together, and we gave those out, um, half of the crew, we made these paper machete coyote masks and the, we had um, the young people dress up in suits wearing the coyote masks and they were giving out these little sheets of paper that said, vote for me. Um, I eat steak dinners while my people starve. Vote for me. I make these decisions behind closed doors without my people knowing. And um, it was really it was really great to challenge our communities because, like, for example, when we were at the Winderock Fair, we had Joe Shirley, who was the float in front of us and he's running for president and here we are like dressed as as coyotes like just totally clowning on them (laughs) and you know they saw what we were doing and it really challenged them and then by by the time the parade started they understood what we were up to so he's he was he requested to move like 10 10 floats behind us so that he wasn't anywhere near us. So it was really this really great momentum that we were building from doing the banner drop to um, going to taking the time and the effort to create this art and push this message to our communities. And yeah, it was a really great change that we started to see. And by the time the end of fall came, Um, Nadine had this idea of why don't we go to the mountains? Why don't we, as our form of resistance, as our form to reclaim our spaces, why don't we walk? Let's walk from sacred mountain to sacred mountain. And it just clicked for everybody. Like, yeah, like, why don't we? So once again, we met in the Hogan and, you know, we, we, we prayed about it. We prayed on it. We thought about it. And, um, we were trying to figure out, okay, well, where do we start? What direction are we going to start in? And 
we the other part of this journey is last year around this time is when we really started looking at fracking was we we understood it we we saw how bad it was we saw how rapidly it was approaching in that community and um we had always figured out god like this is so heavy to present to our communities how are we going to do it and so it just worked out well and it was like all right well let's well let's start to the east and it, and around that time that we started it just so happened that they were starting to do hearings for the pinyon pipeline and so that very week that we were walking through that area is the same time that they were holding those hearings so that really helped in terms of highlighting all of the different um environmental impacts community impacts that fracking was doing so it really just went hand in hand um but the really great thing about our organizing is is that it's us ultimately supporting one another ultimately pushing one another and doing it collectively you know and, and one of the things that people always are asking us when they're interviewing us or you know if a newspaper comes whatever it's like who's your leader and we keep telling folks like we're all leaders like you could talk to any one of us and we'll be okay with it because we each know what story we have to bring or what we have to share or why we're here and we're equally as important and 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 even that was a really challenging mindset for our community members or our leaders it was a very strange um was very strange for our communities to comprehend that that it was a group of leaders and that it's not just one leader who is leading us what would you say has been your main role in holding holding a space in a collective my main role wow that's really interesting because I've been thinking a lot about that I have been thinking a lot about what has led me to be the person that I am now and how I contribute to the greater whole and um I think what it is is being really patient and being really accepting and being really open and um, you know, a big part of that is letting go of ego. You know, when people have ego, all of these barriers get put up. Whereas if you let that down, then you're more patient, you're more open, you're more loving, and um, and you're able to really listen. Being able to listen to somebody takes a lot of patience. But also the other aspect of that that I have learned and thankfully by my elders is that um, you have to be respectful. You have to be humble. And, you know, there were times when we were so upset, like we were upset with the, with the drillers that were in the area or with our politicians, but you always have to maintain this sort this respect no matter what. And I learned that from the young people that I'm working with. And so it's almost like this give and take relationship that we all have, um, I, I don't really know what my, <laughs> what my role is actually. It's just to be there <laughs> and to support and sure, I don't know, like make sure that I'm listening to people, making sure that people are taken care of. And maybe it's like the big sister role because I'm the oldest, like I'm, I'm the oldest out of the whole crew. Well, next to Ira, Ira may be older than me, but. I don't know. That's a really tricky question. I don't know what that would be. <laughs> what do you hope to get out of it for for your person? Um, what are you What are you looking for um, for yourself in your community from this walk? I hope that our communities will understand how much power they have. I hope that they will really understand this new sense of ownership to the land, to the choices that our government makes, to the water, you know, to the air, all of these things, because I feel like our community members get so tied up in this idea of a leader, that this leader is going to come in and save us and take everything and make it better. But that's not the case. The reality is, is that we're the bosses of those leaders. 
like we have a voice to tell them, you know what, you're effing up. Like, you know what, you shouldn't be drilling into the mother earth. You know what, you shouldn't be coal mining and, you know, we shouldn't be polluting into the air. We have that power to say something and do something, but it's not, it's, 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 we're so clouded. We're so distracted that we don't, we don't exercise that muscle. But imagine if we were able to do that and how much power we would have to reshape our education systems, to reclaim our rights to our water, to reclaim our watersheds, to go back to planting and, you know, just really be sovereign. And it's, it's something that we have to work at together collectively to make that happen. And through this walk, I see it happening. You know, when we're going in, in the first leg that we did, we were going into communities that were so hopeless. You know, they had they had politicians that don't even go and see them. They don't. But when we went through there, we saw poverty right away. We saw the trauma. We saw the abuse that was there. And we showered that place with love. That's all we can do is give them hope and give them knowledge. And when we left... Or when we, when we, after we interacted with them, you know, they held their high, their head up high a little more, you know, they supported us. They, they, they gave us, they, they gave us love. They gave us encouragement. They gave us well wishes, but at the same time, we left them with knowledge and love and, and kinship. And that's the way that it works. That's the way that it has to work. And this walk is allowing us to do that. And the way that I look at it is it's, it's, it's like modern day scouting. You know, when you're a warrior, you're, you're, you, that's what you do. You scout, you have to know your enemy. You have to know what you're doing. What, you know, you have to research what the land looks like, what, how people are living. And our land mass is so big that that's what we're doing is we're, we're taking the time and effort to see the land, to feel the land, to, you know, observe so that way we'll be able to clearly make just demands to our leadership of what we saw and what we need rather than speaking on behalf of people without knowing what they what they're going through that's my my hope that's that's what i hope that this movement brings i noticed that there's a lot of art and music involved in this movement, um, from throwing events and fundraisers to like, um, doing all kinds of different inventory in different communities. What is the involvement of art in this movement? Art is such a powerful tool. Um, we don't, and it's one that isn't, it's, you know, it's not supported in our school systems, but it's very much a part of who we are as native people. Um, you know, self-expression is it's embedded in who we are, from our songs to our dances, storytelling, um, you know, for Navajos, it's in the rugs, you know, all of these different things. And um, it's, it's important to get people, allow people to be able to visualize things, visualize um, the reality, really, you know, the reality of what's happening in our territories and um, I've always tried to use to create a space or an outlet that people could grow, that they can manifest like social issues and environmental issues and create something beautiful out of it. And, you know, that's the beauty of art is that you could take something that is so devastating or so toxic, but create something beautiful out of it. And the impact that it has when people see it is, 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 is timeless, really. Um, I'm able to curate a national um, traveling art exhibition, and it's called The Art of Indigenous Resistance. And it is a show that has art that is specific to environmentalism, 31 years of environmentalism. And so the oldest piece that we have is from 1983, and that was the year that I was born. So it's interesting to see, you know, the resilience in, in the art community and how it ties into environmentalism. And just to see like art piece after art piece after art piece and show how much um, resilience is in our communities or the commonality between 
different tribes of how their lands are exploited. And, you know, art is that, is that tool that is used to do that and just to connect people. And, um, for, for this movement, we're really trying to use art as one of our foundations. Um, you know, whether that is painting, whether that's graffiti, whether that's street art, music, like music is another huge tool. A lot of the people who are walker are walking, they're musicians. Like it's, it's awesome because like at the end of when we're walking, everybody will come together and song and dance. Like we have drums, we're teaching each other songs. Um, people have guitars. I think someone had a saxophone last time around. Like, and so it's really beautiful that this space, this space ultimately, like no matter how draining or how tired or how devastated we are at the end of the day, art is what makes us come back together it grounds us it it gives it gives us that uplifting that we need and then there are other times when we'll have the drum out and and we'll start singing ground dance songs and we'll dance and it's 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 pretty awesome because it, it allows us to you know let it all go let it all out so that we're not holding on to it and Maybe that's what art does, is that we're all of this that we're that we have bottled up inside, we're able to project it into this canvas or in a song or in a dance and just let it go. And and that's that's healing. It's so much healing that is needed in our communities and I think art brings that. It seems like um indigenous people all over the planet right now are coming up to face similar um, issues. Can you say, Mm. give any advice from from your experience so far with this walk? Can you, do you have any advice to give to other Indigenous people out there that are up against similar struggles? My biggest advice and my, and, and one of the most beautiful things that I walked away with on the first leg of our our journey is solidarity. The amount of encouragement that we got across the country, across the world was astonishing. And that really was the push that we need. Because when you're doing this kind of work in your community, it takes a different kind of courage it takes a different kind of courage to take a stand against something. But it wasn't something that we, like, just thought of on our own. Like, we were inspired by other movements, whether it's the Zapatista movement, whether it's the Idol No More movement. You know, there are all of these other types of movements that have inspired us to do it. And our hope is is that it will do that to the movement, will push other people to keep the movement going. And really, this movement, this work should be socially empowering. It should be politically inclining. It should be about overcoming oppression. We, people don't deserve to live this way. People don't deserve to be taken for granted or to be sacrificed. Our land doesn't deserve it, the animals and the plants. And we have to fight for it because, sadly, in today's society, money rules above all of those things. And the only way that we could really create that change is if we love and support one another to keep pushing to do this much needed work. And we won't necessarily see the benefits right away, but our grandparent or our grandkids, our great grandkids, our children, they'll be able to live a better life. They won't live a life of struggle. And our grandparents did it, and our great-grandparents did it, and our great-great-grandparents did it. And I would just encourage people to pray. Pray whatever way that you know how or whatever way that you believe, because that's taking care of your spirit. And we have to. We have to take care of our spirits, because if we don't, then we, in, in some instances, people tend to stray and go into abusing alcohol or you know domestic violence you know there's all these different things that we use to filter out that that trauma or that pain but prayer is the one thing that can ground us 
And, you know, that would be my other advice. And it's, it's so beautiful when you know the songs and you're praying the prayers that have been here for time and memorial. And that gives you a different kind of strength. Thank you. 